<laughs> Welcome back, kinky and curious listeners. I am uh, I'm really happy to have you tuned in with us. You're listening to Domination, a very kinky monthly podcast, uh, exploring the experiences of wonderful, weird, perverted, kinky folks, specifically of the black, brown, indigenous folks of color experience. And um, I am your host, Ashley Page, but if you're feeling nasty, you can call me daddy. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to have you here and I'm really happy to have all oh, this beautiful human here. But before we even get to all of that, go ahead, like, subscribe, retweet, 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 wait, hold on, retweet, repost, all of the things. Um, we have a lot of goodness coming for you and I want to make sure that you continue to get it. So let's get into it, shall we? I have this wonderful entity here that I'm just genuinely honored to share space with in real time again. It's been forever and a day. Um, this is Clara, well, excuse me, Mistress Clara Manson. She is an all-around wonderful human being, deeply sadistic and all-around perverted individual who, y'all know me, that's my, <laughs> my bread and butter, it's right up my alley. And um, I'm really happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even remember, like, I think it's been like, what, five or six years since we last, like, used and abused some boys together? I thought, it, I thought it was like four years. Okay. Yeah, it was, this is a while. It has. It has been a while. And you've been up to quite a bit of shenanigans. Filthy shenanigans. I've been watching the content. I know what you'd be doing. She's nasty, y'all. Real nasty. Oh, yes. <laughs> and just so you know what I'm talking about, if you go ahead and follow her on Twitter at uh, Mistress Clara Manson, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Very filthy, and yeah, we're gonna get into all of that. But first, what's been up, baby girl? How you feeling? How you living? I've been feeling and living real good the past year. A lot of self reflection on it, mm -hmm. you know, and looking back on what I really wanna do. And I just wanna make shit just filthy and dirty. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, uh, I'm definitely helped to like game to help and collaborate and. Fist all, all of the that. things yeah. away. You know? Okay. Splitting yeah. too? Okay, cool. We here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let me see. So we're going to talk about quite a bit today. Of course, catch up with all the things that you're doing. I would love to know, like, your experience over pre-pandemic, even though we're still in the midst of it. Don't y'all be playing with nobody. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Okay. Um, but I would like to know, like, what your experience has been while this has been going on. How well, you came to be who you are? Wow. Um, well, pre-pandemic, I had like a whole plan to travel a lot more, do more tours. And once the pandemic hit, everything shut down. I just was like, whoa, okay, everything is online. I could do this. I started doing it. I started falling in love with it. And then I was like, I... I like real time sessions and I love going to parties and just whooping ass every day. Like, yes. I mean, I miss that so much. Hard same. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like you keep on moving. Right. And you have memorable subs that have been in your, been with me since the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, and that has, they're still around and they're amazing creatures, 
you know? So it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that right now I'm just like trying to figure out what's the next motion and how I want to do things. Mm-hmm. I want to do it differently. That's the, I feel that. so. I love that. I feel like um, this pandemic has, well, not even just the pandemic, the isolation that has come from this pandemic has given a lot of time for self-reflection and introversion and like recalibrating the way that we're engaging with work, with our creativity, with our BDSM rituals, you know? And though I was kicking and screaming initially, because like very much like you, I am an in-person, hands-on, exactly, (laughs) knee-deep, pervert and like that's the way that I I thrive with my within my BDSM practice and to have that taken away in such a significant way did you know feel like a gut punch yeah it really did I I bought so much gear yeah Yeah. (laughs) so much gear but um but I'm so happy to like still looking back on everything and see how like everything is not going to be the same right and we just got to keep moving forward about it. Very true. So Time to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I did want to talk to you about today is, you know, we both have our own relationship with chronic pain and illness. And I feel like this, uh, it's a pertinent conversation to have. I feel like normalization is key and we don't normalize things without shining a light on them and talking about them. Right. You know? So I did want to talk about your experience with chronic illness and how you thrive through kink and chronic illness. Um, it was a lot harder, different. I mean, my flare-up, I remember, was it uh, 2016 mm-hmm. to 2017? And then it was very... I couldn't walk or move that much. I had subs. I had to do a lot of things for me. Um, uh, it was very hard to do uh, just the things I always wanted to, I always did, you know? And then you start feeling different. You're like, your depression comes in and you're like, oh shit, you're alone. But at the same time, you feel that you have to keep pushing, you have to keep going at it. And then you find that recentering of BDSM, how it can like help you and make you realize how awesome you are. And like you're like, holy snap! Oh yeah, I remember I did this. Okay, and I love this. Okay, uh, all right, I got this. You keep keep going and keep going. And like, I mean, I had this amazing sub that came out and like really helped me. I like, mm. swear to God, I love this kid. <laughs> I love like there's certain there's certain ones that they just get it. It's not just the fantasy. They see you as a whole exactly human being. Yeah, and like how I got into the scene was just it was different. Like, I did not, like, because it all stemmed for me in high school, mm-hmm. like, where, how I got into it. I always knew I was weird. What does weird mean for you, though? Being weird as in, like, I knew I didn't want to just get fucked. Like, I wanted to fuck someone in the ass. Like, that was something I always wanted to do. I wanted to play with someone. Mm-hmm. And, like... And have intense love, like intense relations. And I was just like, oh, like I remember my first boyfriend, like he always wore collars. He was like mm. a goth emo kid. And I was like, a love. Goth. <laughs> such a gateway to BDSM, the goth kids. Oh. 
Oh my God. <laughs> I was definitely a little goth baby for a bit there. Yeah? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's a perfect little gathering of weirdos. You know? Yeah, I loved it so much. I remember like he was like testifying his love for me and I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I have like seven letters in my name. He carved my name into his leg. And I was just like, just oh. on a whim, just for GP. Like, it was on a whim. And I, like, well, not in a whim in the rant. It was, we were home, you know, we were mm. talking and he just did it. He was like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he did it. Mm. And then it was my turn. He has seven letters as well. I, I wrote J. And I was like, that hurts. I don't like this. Did you think it was going to tickle? I thought so. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that was like the most extreme. And then it got, as I got older, it just got more and more like, like public humiliation with my second boyfriend in high school. I mean. What kind of public humiliation? Like, will I have like sex in public, but I would talk shit to him. Yes. And I was like, you're tiny dick. And. You're such a quick comer. Emasculation. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, look at that easy nut. What's wrong with you, little bitch? <laughs> Fucking love it. Fucking love. How old were you? I was like uh, seventeen. Okay, so hold on. Let me ask. We got to reverse. We got to okay. rewind. Okay. What's like? How did it start? Was it because you were in relationship and partnership with people that were weirdos as well? Was it something that was innate to you? Well, I always felt like it was innate with me, and I always at that time I was reading Zane and Eric, Eric Jerome Dickey. Zane will do some things to you. Won't oh my god! Mm. Fuck! <laughs> I had a cousin like she had the whole collection, so I was going through them, and I was just oh, like, wow. okay. I was, like in middle school, I was like reading, and I was like. In one sitting, I was like, oh, this is sexy. Oh. <laughs> just consuming it all. <laughs> right. And I was just like, oh, but what happens if she just tickles his balls? Like, maybe she just push it to the edge. I didn't really explore any other reading style, eroticas at that time. I was just, this was what I had at home. Mm-hmm. And I was just, just explored through that. And I was just having these hints and ideas. And I, I started journaling. About like my fantasies and how like I always wanted to do this to someone and trust him up and mm. yeah and I just my relationships with guys would just brought that out of me more. Okay, were you seeking a certain type of guy or were certain type of guys like drawn to you? Uh, I mean, I think it's both. Okay. Yeah, I was just drawn to like I was drawn to that, <laughs> and then like in college I was just oh my god I liked. I like flamboyant men, mm. like pink lips, long hair. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And this makes sense with a lot of the content that I've seen. <laughs> right on brand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right on brand. Started early. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, all right. Um, and I realized that I think it was my first year in college. I was 21, 20. And I... I was taking a psychology class and I was asked, who who am I? Who do I want to be? Hmm. And at that time I was like, I don't know really, you know, I'm I'm West Indian and they have their own belief. I'm supposed to go to college, go to work, 
raise a family, mm-hmm. provide, protect, and very repeat. Very traditional. Very traditional, repeat. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, this can't be me. Mm-hmm. This cannot be my life at all. So uh, I broke up with this guy and um, I just went, I was very depressed at that time and sad, but this guy randomly hit, saw me. I used to work at Times Square at that time. And um, he was like, hey, you should come to this party. And I was like, okay. I love the innocence. (laughs) Okay. And it was at Ariana Chevalier's anniversary party. It was her. (laughs) Ariana, I love you so much. I love you forever. If y'all don't know who Ariana Chevalier is, like, you need to educate yourself. They are. Just a blessing, just a blessing and a pillar in the kink community, a pillar in New York City. Um, they ran Parthenon for 25? More than that. Over 25 years. One of the most well-known dungeons in New York City. They owned and ran for over a quarter century. Oh, my God. And through this very fucked up chapter of American history... And, well, the world history. Yeah. They ended up having to close their doors because of the pandemic. However, they are still out and about and doing Doing all the filthy things. Oh, my God. Yeah. So shout out to Ariana. Have you seen the new space? No. Where is it? Oh, let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes. Bless me. Okay. Continue. Continue. So I saw her there and I'm like, you know, she's walking right near her front door. And... Um, she had her daughter, Hera, right behind her. And I was like, and then you see like a whole bunch of guys following them. And I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> but that I was the correct response. <laughs> but I was just like, oh my God, I'm drawn to it. Cause yeah. she's amazing. Like I was just like, I saw the power before and it was dark. Mm. You you felt that power there. And I was just like, oh my God. And like, um, it was just I was I was love seeing that I was seeing my own skin being dominant and um, dominant women. That's where I met Unknown. Um, I, Shout out to Unknown, Mistress Unknown is where it's at. Uh, I love that woman so much. So much. <laughs> just like let me just fangirl for all these like black dominant women. Just oh my god, beat me, but also let me love you. <laughs> so I was just like. At that time, I was meeting all of them all at once. Pimtress and Mal Martin and... Yes. Um, oh, my God. It was just amazing. And I was just like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I never felt that before. I f- never felt that true power. I mean, yeah, I was raised by strong Black women. But these women made their own rules. And that was such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I got, oh my God, I got, I got to, I have to chase this. I got to chase this for me. Right. So I just, you know, I spoke to Ari and I was like, hey, look, I really want to do this. I think I got this in the bag. And she was like, yeah, yeah, come this day, Monday. I did. And she was like, oh, I forgot you were supposed to come. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sometimes how it goes. Yep, sometimes and it's it fine, you know. I yeah. and I learned. I took yeah. a lot of classes, went to a lot of parties, mm. did plan my own shoots. Mm. Clearly, it's been paying off. And then I was like, she showed me her collection of leather and latex and all her gear, and I was just like, 
was like, I was a child in a candy store. Like, oh my God. The biggest and most perverse candy store I know. could ever be. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful feeling. It is. And I was just like, oh my God. I went down the rabbit hole and didn't want to come back out. I get that. Yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was. That was how many years ago? Seven. Seven years. Seven years. years. Whew. Yes. Oh, my God. So much changes in seven years. Oh, my goodness. Can I ask, like, your relationship with BDSM mm -hmm. and pain now versus then? What have you seen? What have been, the, like, the most significant changes, the most significant things that have helped your person and your kink persona to evolve? Um, communicating, mm -hmm. talking and setting boundaries. I think that was most, I didn't know, I didn't understand that mm -hmm. when I started in the scene. And I think that as you go along and develop multiple relationships, you have to develop boundaries very quickly. And then you have to face that. You have to follow through. You mm -hmm. have to, that's a consistency in itself. And I felt like it was, I saw, I, I used that a lot in my personal. And I was like, wow, I can maneuver and move very fluidly through multiple dynamics of situ weird situations, different situations, difficult situations, mm -hmm. easy situations, and just, just make everything move the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one dynamic I learned in in the scene. Yeah, I feel like BDSM, I mean, sex work in general can be such a practice of like conjuring and manifestation, you know, like it is alchemy and witchcraft at its finest, Oh yeah, you know, and it allows you to get very clear and hold a mirror up to yourself, but to everyone else as well. So <laughs> ongoing communication and learning how to actually communicate effectively is something that you are taught whether forcibly or <laughs> not through BDSM oh yeah and we rarely have opportunities in life that like allow us to do that with consent you know right yeah right. so I what else was there um um that's pretty much it yeah yeah <laughs> um but it was one thing I've also noticed when I was in the scene was that following through with your, like making a list and planning and strategizing mm -hmm. was very different. Right. I feel like like you've touched on so many things, your West Indian traditional background. Yeah. Your relationship with chronic illness and your relationship with BDSM practice. It you've like taken these things that you were kind of naturally given, but also broken the mold from what you were oh, yeah. kind of indoctrinated into. And I've like taken the reins and made a beautiful life for yourself, you know? And one, it's really nice to see like the trajectory and like the ways in which you've grown. I've, I know I've been like a fly on the wall and more of like <laughs> bourbon out from the, from the corner, but I've watched you for a long time and like it is, I feel so empowered specifically by, by like black dominant femme tops and 
black tops and people that were born or assigned female at birth. Um, so it's really nice to like have this experience with you, but also like what your relationships with submissives have changed over the years as well, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Before like, I was like, oh, subs, I would never date. They're not human. And then I was like, wait, no, that's that's very hurtful. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I had to retrain that thought. They are people, mm -hmm. you know, and I am a person. And I have, I, you know, I maneuver it very differently. And I think that it's not, some lines can be crossed very easily mm -hmm. in BDSM. But you have to remember your morals and morales. And I saw everybody. I saw people for who they are, no matter what their fetish, their interests, mm -hmm. their kinks, how they dress at night. I saw them as human beings. Right. And I thought that was part of my um, style of acknowledging that person, no matter what. Right. So I usually use that into pushing my boundaries and well pushing their boundaries a little bit and opening their eyes and playing with it a little bit and just gradually making them see themselves mm -hmm. as I show them a better whole yeah, yeah. so it's, I feel like it's a gift not a lot of people well in my experience mm -hmm. not a lot of people are very intentional or cognizant of that and coming to doms in whatever sense that a person might and being able to be their most whole complex vulnerable selves is I mean rare else do you get that without judgment mm. it's rare it's very rare we put on so many hats and like move through the world with so many roles and rarely do we get to like shed all of that and just right. be I totally agree on that. I think that was something I decided. I realized if I did it any other way, it wouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. And I like me a lot. I love me. You're fucking incredible. <laughs> and I feel that. Yeah, and I just said, you know what? I love me and I want to attract people that loves me too. Right. So, and I have to show that I love them too. Right. It so. is reciprocal. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's my favorite thing about, well... The way in which I and you play or show up for people in BDSM practice and as doms and tops and kingsters and all that, it's all about reciprocity, making sure everybody gets to walk away as a better version of themselves than when they walked in. Right. And a lot of that is immersed in deep, loving, intentional care, mm. you know, um, so shout out to us, first of all. Yeah. And all of the all of the the doms and tops and femmes that have taught us along the way. Oh my god. Cuz it takes a lot. It took a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so hold up. Okay. So all of these relationships, all of these ways in which you're showing up for others, yourself. How has navigating through chronic illness how has that impacted it um i like to be strong sometimes and sometimes i don't need to be always strong 
And that was the hardest part, learning how to say that, hey, I need help. Right. Like I do. Mm-hmm. And receiving the help that I needed, I, that I deserve. You know, that That's was a major one. Yeah. I think that was very different. De- definitely hard. And uh, yeah. May I ask, like, what made it so difficult and what made you realize that you could receive rather than give all of the time? Because hmm. I'm so used to seeing my family members just re- just give, 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 you know? And I thought that was an innate thing or personality that I must keep a trait that I should just hold in and keep giving. And sometimes you just got to be like, nope, I need some receiving. Right. And um, I've already created a really good support system at that time. And I was just like, all right, I can do this. Hmm. And I can live the way I already saved already. And I was like, all right, I can just just take care of my personal needs right now. Right. Which is so needed. Yes. Oh, my God. So needed. I feel like, I mean, a lot of y'all might have this experience as well, but, like, you're born and you have whether you're, whatever your gender is, whatever you were assigned at birth, whatever, but you're born and you are living a human experience as a black person. And the expectation of the world is to constantly not only take, but for you to constantly give of yourself regardless of how depleted you are. And I think that like changing the way that we're engaging with work and care for ourselves and changing like flipping that dynamic on its head because it's unhealthy. You can't pour from an empty cup. No, you can't. You can't constantly give and not receive. Like that's just, it's the most codependent and harmful relationship that there can possibly be. And oftentimes it takes time to really realize how much we've internalized that information, at least for me, in my experience. Like, it took me some time to be like, actually, no, this isn't okay. I need to change. I can't be mad at anybody else for doing this thing that I keep allowing and have trained them to do. So to, like, change that relationship and engage with care with such a different way, especially with work, because I'm, I'm a workaholic. Like, I love working. Like, I'm, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it right. You know, like, I'm going to do the best. Like, I'm a little type A, like, a little perfectionistic, but, like, Having to take that step back and then taking the opportunity to take to take that step back, they're two different things. Being forced to versus right. consenting to. So it's really good to be here on the flip side of it. But for those that are, you know, or even maybe your younger self, are there any things that you would, any insight, any tips? Oh, gosh, I was thinking about that stuff last night. What do I want to say? Because I knew you were going to ask me that, too. I mean, you know what's coming. <laughs> and you know what? Um, the advice I would tell my younger self would be that everything happens for a reason. Mm. You learn from it. Mistakes are a part of the journey. Very true. Because fuck. (laughs) I made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Lord Jesus. Oh, so many. So many. And it's just like, nope. And I would beat myself up during it. I'll be like, oh, no, I should have did this. I'm like, you know what? I 
I won't do that again. Right. Shitting on yourself all day for no reason. No reason at all. And then it's just like, all right, I I got this. Mm. And I saw that it was necessary. Mistakes are necessary. As long as you don't like hurt someone. I think learning is very unnecessary stuff in, in BDSM and communicating and to understanding what your limitations are. Right. And like, because so like there was a limit where I learned how to like, I, I can't do this all the all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole different fetish there. And you're just, you get really deep into it, you know? And, and that fetish was shitting. <laughs> I, I love shitting on people. You do? Oh God, pay me and I will shit on you anytime, <laughs> any day, but specifically in the morning before noon because like my bowels work on a specific <laughs> schedule. Come on over, devour it all. I love, love shitting on men. Oh my God. Love it. Hey guys, Force consumption. Eat that shit. Oh. Oh man, it got too it got too weird for me at one point. I mean, they're <laughs> they're you know they're special creatures. Oh my god, those that are doing the shitting and those that are you know being shitted on. But I mean, turn that off. <laughs> yeah, what? Especially in New York, because like I feel like New York just takes it to the nth degree. Just like, ugh. oh my god, and then you go to parties. Oh god. Okay, so hold on, <laughs> we're gonna talk about who we're here. We're knee deep in it. Craziest. Either brown showers, scat story, because I feel like, can we just take a moment? Yeah. Brown showers are very different than scat play, all right? I learned this the hard way. Yeah. I'm into brown showers. Scat play is really fucking different, and you need to clarify us what you're into. So, okay. brown shower, scat play. What's scat. your deal? Wildest stories, and also uh, tips. Okay. Tips for the shits. Okay. Um... <laughs> Oh my god. Um <laughs> <laughs> <on> people too. <laughs> what was it? Oh my god. I went to a, there was like five women. Oh, was it a shit bukaki? Oh yeah. Mm, love a shit bukaki. Mm, get in there. Pew, 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 pew. Those this, are turds. This was different. It was in someone's basement. And he's in the tub. And like, I was really into it. I was like, yeah, eat it. I was taking my friend shit and it splattered on my face. And it was just like, oh, oh. no. And I was like still in the moment. And oh, no. Wait, where in your face? Like right here. Oh, no. No. But I didn't realize it at all. I was really you in, in there. In, I was in there. Yeah. And then my friend was like, hey, you got this on your face. I was like, oh, it's probably your shit. And I'll just cleaned it off. And <laughs> my kind of pooper. My kind of pooper. <laughs> but then like as you go along it's just like oh my god I keep shitting I have to control my bile my bowel movement do you like is it like do you go naturally are you taking a, like a I, supplement or a laxative no I was drinking coffee oh coffee is what releases the bowels for you huh yeah and a cigarette one cigarette and a coffee and that's it I go boom yep okay do you have any light time restrictions no. Really? You can poop any time of the day? If I just drink a coffee and a cigarette. Got one in the chamber at all times. Oh, yeah. Fucks with it. Like the way you move. Good yeah. job, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, was that. That was, okay, so how did you, hold on. Okay. okay. We're going to get back to the chronic illness, but first we're going to talk about the poop, all right? Like, let's just shelve one thing and focus on the other. Okay. Who got you into pooping on people? It actually, you nasty. You got it to yourself, didn't you? <laughs> no, you did, I did it, it yourself. No. Oh my god. You know what it was? I don't believe her. It was. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Mistress Unknown and them. 
Yes, unknown. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Pinterest. Those are the ones. Yes. yes. Oh my God, they were yeah. really. They were really intense. I was like, "Can I? Can I do a double stash with you guys?" And they're like, "Yeah, come on." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I popped up, and I was like, "All right, we're doing this." And then I started doing with uh, Cassandra and Toro, and then wow. Hera. Love Hera is a beast. She is a beast. Hera is a beast. Oh my god. There's like, there's so many incredible doms out in New York. Like y'all, really just there is an abundance. And we just a click. It's just a vibe, you know, yeah. all of us. It's really nice, actually. I love that. I'm this so happy to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the one. <laughs> These are the cool kids. <laughs> Very nasty, cool kids. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Now I thought that was, that was very weird for me. To, uh, yeah. So when did it go from like, you got poop on your cheek to this is too much? Because um, like, that's, I don't feel like it's that far of a distance, but poop on your cheek to... Woo. I mean, for me, it was like, a, that's all I got. I'm going to keep referencing poop on your cheek. I just need you to know that. Like, it's in my head now. So, poop on the cheek. What um, else? Oh, man. I was just getting a lot of requests for a scat play. And, hmm. and I was just like, oh, I kind of want to move away from that. I want to do role play. I want to, you know, put my fist up your ass during my foot. Right. Literally. I feel like it can be like, again, New York is... A very funny place. Yeah. It's a great place, but it can be a funny little bubble. And like, it's so easy to get kind of like, uh, what is it called? Not blackballed, but like typecast. Once you do shit sessions or toilet sessions and you're a black dom or black, brown, indigenous person of color that is engaging in professional BDSM work and you start offering toilet showers or toilet sessions it's very easy to get typecast. So true. So how did you like, because I assume you were advertising it. You weren't just. No, I wasn't. So people were coming to you because. I don't know. It I was mean, very weird. I did not advertise it. I never took a picture in the toilet room or bathroom. No. I feel like they know. It's just like, you know, when you're walking down the street, you can tell who takes it up the butt. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, I feel like they sense it. Just like, ooh, she'll shit on me. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, the request got too much? Or? It got too much. What's too much? Too much was, like, every three weeks. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Every day, every three times a week. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's, ooh, that's hefty. That's hefty, right? And the money was good. Of course it was. You're shitting on me. <laughs> Why would it be good? <laughs> Come on. But then I was like, I want to do something else. And I, and I was like, all right. So I got into, like, sounding and CBT mm. a lot more. And then I just started. That's when I got into, I moved away from that. And you know, the craziest thing at that time when I did um, scat, I was Madam Apples. Ooh. So when I started in the scene. Gotta love a rebrand. Yeah. Gotta do them. Yeah, I was Madam Apples before Claire Man. Madam Apples. That's why they kept coming to you, girl. What you mean? You don't know why. <laughs> Madam Apples. She gonna do it. She gonna shit on me. She gonna do it. Madam Apples. Oh my It's the perfect name. Come on. <laughs> and she got booty? Come on. <laughs> you can't tell me you ain't know. Oh, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> it's the innocence for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, then I, Clara Manson was like the whole CBT and mm -hmm. causing the 
reckoning. The reckoning. Mm. Such a good word. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of when I made it, like, found my name. I was like, yeah. Such a good name. It's so very fitting. Very, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, fuck some shit up, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh god okay so let's take it out of the toilet and back into normal conversation okay well actually can i ask mm -hmm. did you ever poop on any women no i never did either and i'm just like i don't know how i would feel about it you know it never got that far i didn't my clientele was never really women it was mostly men and uh it's typically how it goes yeah yeah and I hated that. My mm. clientele was mostly men. I was like, what about the women? I love you women. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm okay with the guys, but it's just like. I'm okay <laughs> with the guys. Y'all like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I never did. Hmm. I think I would have been really sad if I did, though. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, like, like my relationship with, um with all of the the fetish play has definitely changed. Much like you, I was just like, oh no, that's not human. I can't, I would never date a submissive. I would never do X, Y, and Z thing. That's, and then you realize like people are just human. We show up in many different amalgamations and ways and shapes and forms. And like, it would be silly to yuck someone's yum and just classify them as one type of person. You right. know, it's definitely something I've learned over time. But I will say that like, even now, just like, my first question, because I see female clients, women clients, femme identified, um, trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming. I love everybody. You want to come see me? Come through. Daddy got what you got. Daddy got what you need. <laughs> but I still think I'd feel a way about like a femme toilet. Hmm. Like I would have questions. I feel like I'd have to interview them in a different way than I would with like, male slaves or male toilets because I'd have so many questions because mm. the ways in which like I have had a number of experiences with different types of toilet slaves toilet fetishists and the fetish is so different for each person yeah right and so I'm just like the way that men you know can fetishize and sexualize certain things right it just makes sense right it's just kind of like oh one plus one is two but in my mind with femme subs or femme toilets, I'm kind of just like, well, why? Help me to put this equation together because it's not adding up in my head in the same way. Well, there's nothing to add up. I mean, what? They just want my shit, so I just. Yeah. Simple. Right. One plus one is two. Right. Okay. Yeah. Look at me learning. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Because once you try to figure it out, you're just going to be like. It's such a silly game to play. Yeah, it is. It it's really a silly game it is a silly game. It's just like because I didn't think I wanted to do that at all, hmm. and it got really you mixing blood and period and urine. You just just all of the things that go in the toilet. Yeah. Have you ever done any Roman showers? Oh yeah. Oh, I love Roman showers. Oh my god. If you don't know what a Roman shower is, <laughs> let's educate you. <laughs> <laughs> a Roman shower is it's all about vomit. So you're being showered and vomit. Think of back in the Roman times, they would eat themselves and gorge themselves on so much food until the point that they burst and they would have these servants beneath their serving tables holding up giant bowls and the splash off 
from the bowls, from the vomit splashing over would be the shower, a Roman shower. Mm. Got to do a little education, you know? Oh, I love that. Explanation. Yeah, I, I fucking, I love Roman showers. <laughs> oh my God, let me throw up all over you. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> How'd you get into those? I, We've completely tangent. Like, completely, boom. <laughs> but it's okay, though. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Y'all are getting blessed today. I told you. So, I got into it. I did one session. One. And I, I, I accidentally, uh, it was so much shit in the room. I just threw it up a little. And my friend was like, throw it up, throw up on him. And I did. Yes, friend. And then she was, he was like, oh, smothering it all over him. I was like, oh, that's kind of hot. Yeah. And it, it just kept coming out. Yeah. And then he kept smothering. And I was like, oh, this is really hot. I, I journaled about it. Oh. <laughs> what a journal entry. Yeah. Yo. When you're like old and, you know, wrinkled and all the things, you'll always have something to return back to. Oh, my goodness. Love that. I love that. Man. But one thing I loved about. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. What else did I do? One thing you loved about what? You can't start and not finish. <laughs> I need to know. Um, I think I loved other than like shitting on people's scat play and all that beautiful body fluids. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved CBT. CBT. Yes. So educate the people. I know what it is. Y'all know what it is. <sighs> CBT, cock ball torture. Yes. You torture the balls and you torture the cock. Oh. There's nothing pleasant at all about this at all. And it's just her. Do y'all feel that? <laughs> Because, like, I feel tingly and moist and warm inside. Like, okay. Oh, God. God. Ugh, put it on me, And I would, I love CBT a lot. Oh, my goodness. What do you love most about it? Well, I, I remember when I was at Parthenon, mm -hmm. hanging out, hanging out and around, I used to love playing with weights. So, Go on. He just... I just see the balls drop so low. <laughs> What's the most weight you've attached to? I was girl. like 50 pounds. Yes. And I had a very, oh my God, this kid was just such an amazing, enduring. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. And like before, he, he, when, he, when we first Matt, that was when I was putting my ads on Backpage. Oh, shit. I miss Backpage. I do, too. Oh, such a better time. Fuck Eros. Fuck Eros in the ass with no lube, man. Like, Literally. Fuck Eros. Oh, my God. But. <clears throat> it's another conversation for another day. But, man, um, when we started doing our sessions, I met him from there. And um, he was like, oh, I like my balls being played with. And I was like, I bet you do. <laughs> and I was like get naked and he was like oh he was a skinny little dude it's always the little tiny ones that can take the most oh yes like ugh, oh just gung-ho for it all oh my god yes 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 so um I was like let me put some weights I saw this I just learned this a minute ago so let me try this out I'm putting more weights and he was like oh my god I love this more please and I was just like yeah then I start 
playing with my chopsticks and rubber bands. I had this thing where I was just bringing it closer and I was just like, ah. So he had pain all over. Mm-hmm. It was amazing seeing it. Say this, are you? I, you know, I am <laughs> a little bit. I mean, just a smidge. Yeah, just a smidge. And it comes from a very central place. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. It's a beautiful balance. Mm. It's not just pain for pain's sake, though that can be fun too. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel, I, I, I don't see them react the same where it's just all pain. Right. You know, it's not pleasurable to see someone in pain, but, but unless if it's pleasure, pain, you know, so. It's that ebb and flow. Just, I love it. So they just tie so seamlessly together. Same parts of the brain are activated. Like, really, your body is just asking you to play with pain and pleasure at the same time. That's how we're wired. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I that was something I really enjoyed. Yeah. Exploring. I love that fetish so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes with the face. <laughs> yes with the face. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Chronic illness aside, pooping, vomiting, bleeding, and pissing on motherfuckers aside. Yeah. What are you hungry to bring forth into 2022? Because, like, you've had this time to reflect. It seems you're very clear on what you've missed. What do you want to reintegrate? Mm. Honestly, I, I've been thinking about that a really long time. Mm. And I kind of think I want to put Clara Manson down for a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. What does that mean? Retire? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I'm not too sure how I feel about it. I want to do something different. I get that. I want something more intense. Mm. Get so, that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, fi- I can't figure out what exactly that is, what that is at all. Mm. It's such a very interesting plan I have but I know it's going to be out of the roof Mm. so yeah like I'm here for all of the evolutions Mm. yeah so are you are you just a not just the ways in which you engage with BDSM and kink and fetishes and all that are you more of a lifestyler lifestyle okay I think I'm more lifestyle than anything. Hmm. And that's what I really miss about it and being in the scene. I I don't, I, I enjoy being pro, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of politics. So many politics. And like, so much bullshit. Can we just get rid of the horophobia <laughs> and the hierarchy altogether? Cause like, oh, oh, it's exhausting. It is very exhausting. I spent most of my career dealing with that. And I was just, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to deal with that. I get that. I get that. So I don't know how 2022 will look like. If there's events and parties, oh, yeah, I'll be a pro again, like, no, without a doubt. Like, right. But if there's n- – I know for sure things won't go back to normal. This is our new normal. I know. Uncertainty is basically our new paradigm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Hmm. Well, I mean, Clara Manson – Mistress Clara Manson, the name might retire. I know you're not going nowhere. I'm not. I'm going to be here. So tell the people, the listeners, all you perverts out there, 
How can they support you? How can they find your work, give you their money? Love and adore you. Mm. Cash at me. Yeah. Follow me. Mm -hmm. Instagram, Clara Manson, Mistress Clara Manson on Twitter. And Instagram, Clara Manson NYC. And just to be sure, on Twitter, that's Mistress Clara Manson, M I S T R E S S K L A R A M A N S O N. And on Instagram, how can they find you? Clara Manson, K L A R A M A N S O N. NYC. Hmm. So you have ample ways to love and adore and cherish this very wonderful creature here. So you know what you need to do. Follow, like, subscribe, pay, tribute, worship from afar. But um, yeah, I feel really, ugh. <laughs> really satiated, but also really grateful to have shared space with you today. We're definitely doing more things. I hope you know this. So okay. put me in your calendar. I will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can put me in other places. <laughs> 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 but for now, I'm going to like dip out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. And uh, we'll be back next month with even more filth. Bye, y'all. <laughs>